What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I want to welcome you to this version of the Niche Finder framework. Today, we're very privileged to have Dr. Clace Wyckoff. He is a chiropractor by trade, but he also has so much value that I believe that his journey can share with you as the audience in the Niche Finder Framework. So by way of this introduction, I want to make him feel welcome to the Niche Finder Framework. And uh, thank you for coming to the show today, Dr. Wyckoff. And we're looking forward to the conversation uh, that you have to share. Thank you for having me. This is really, uh, this is a lot of fun. I haven't done a podcast before and I really like this platform. All right. Excellent. 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 So as we start out really quick, uh, I give a little bit of a, a background of how we met. And I, I was I had an injury, um, both running and also a back injury. And Dr. Wyckoff was one of the chiropractors that helped to get me back in health. And um, I, I learned a lot about my body. He was uh, someone who was definitely not only knowledgeable of his craft, but he was skilled at it and had a great bedside manner. Quite often time would go by, not just because I was feeling better, but also conversation was always very stimulating. And so at the start of this conversation, I would just like to uh, dovetail that part of how we met into what I would ask you, Dr. Wyckoff, what do you believe to be your niche? Well, my niche is as a chiropractor, um, what I really try to do is I try to tailor my treatment and tailor my care to what each patient needs. Um, I, I try not to make it a, a cookie cutter approach for lack of a better term. And I really try to keep myself up on a lot of techniques and make everybody feel that they're getting a unique set of care um, for their particular condition or their particular spot in life at that point. Hmm. So at the start of your journey, what did you want to achieve? At the start of my journey, there was a couple of things I wanted to achieve. I, I knew that I wanted to be in a business that was helping people. I, I always felt that as my calling. Um, I also knew that I wanted to be in a business that 
I worked for myself. And there, there really aren't too many of them left as in the healthcare field. And um, chiropractic is something that's given me the opportunity to really do both of those and, and try to excel at both of those as much as I can. Hmm. Did you run into any roadblocks at the start of your journey? Yes. I mean, at, at the start of the, the chiropractic journey, yes, I had a couple of um, a couple of almost false starts, I guess, getting out of school. I, I was supposed to be a, a staff doctor in more of a, a hospital setting. Um, and that was really the plan for, you know, the, the last two years of school through my um, through basically my residency and, and internship. Um, and then post-graduation, that changed uh, within a couple months post-graduation before, as I was getting licensed, the the company I was supposed to work for decided they were going in a different direction. All of a sudden, that job doesn't exist anymore. And mm-hmm. we are, and we, I mean, my wife and I are saying, okay, it's this is our opportunity to, to create a practice, to, to start and create what we wanted. Um, and that was a, at the time, felt like a roadblock. It's, you know, hindsight being what it is, it really was more of an opportunity than anything but at the time it was there was a, we had a plan and then all of a sudden one day that that plans out the window mm. uh, did you have any external struggles yes at, at that point it was um, you know it was kind of like we're we're moving home we're, we're both from uh, from Pennsylvania we we moved to to Florida when I was in chiropractic school. We were down there for four years, and mm-hmm. uh, we had our our oldest child while we were there. Uh, we moved mm-hmm. home when he was um, very very young, and all of these plans are there. And we're saying, okay, here's here's what we have set out. There were different opportunities in school. Um, this one with the hospital network was was set up, and we get home. I have you know at that point a, a small family, a, a young family to really start providing for and we're saying okay it's time to make a practice uh, rather than rather than joining one or or finding a job to be an associate and Mm. that portion of it was definitely a struggle for the first uh for the beginning part of the practice Mm. did you have any internal struggles in your journey the I would say going back a little bit before I even started chiropractic school, I was um, I was in an undergraduate program for psychology, and um, I was headed for the the whole time I was in that program. I was headed for a, a PhD in clinical psychology. I was studying for my exams for it. I was filling out applications, touring schools. Um, had wonderful mentors in in the psychology program. I was working in my fall semester of my senior year in a clinical setting with one of my mentors, dictating notes, that sort of thing, sitting in on sessions. And I started realizing that, you know, although I was called to help people and I was, I was called to help people heal, this was not the way that I saw myself doing it. And this was not for me at that point. And that was quite a struggle to say, okay, we need to make a big change and uh, and we need to do it quickly. So that um, that certainly led to an internal questioning of, you know, what direction are we heading in right now? Mm. You know, Aristotle said excellence is never an accident. It is the result of sincere intention, focus, effort, intelligent direction, skillful execution and the vision to see obstacles as opportunities. So when you when you as you were going through your journey, did you come across any epiphanies that made you say, you know what, 
I feel like I'm actually heading in the right direction. Um, yes, I, you know, I, I really did. I, I can say that um, the there were kind of a couple in, in different points along the way. Um, prior to actually going to chiropractic school, um, I always I always kind of had a thought to do that, and I I never was comfortable with um, the idea of human dissection lab. Um, it really. Um, it really was something that was I always felt was going to bother me a lot. Um, and when I was in a physiological psych class, I was we were doing a, a dissection of a of a sheep's brain of all things. Um, and mm. I'm not going to get too graphic, but it mm-hmm. at that moment I realized, you know what, this is far more than anything I had ever done with you know any worms, frogs, mice, any of that kind of stuff. And I was really okay with it. It was an odd. It's it's odd how you're your brain gives you those um, kind of cues to say, you know, rethink this. Don't don't shy away from something because something, you know, something you don't even know about. And then mm. it turned out once I was in chiropractic school, the anatomy lab was one of my favorite places. It's, you know, we, we really learned the most um, in there with with the, you know, the the human subjects that we were privileged enough to get to work with. And um that was one of the epiphanies pre, um, pre-chiropractic and then a couple of them as we progressed through different stages of practice between getting started on our own, uh, kind of somewhat unexpectedly, and then um, leaving the rented space that we were in, um, in another doctor's office to start our own with a building that we had bought and, and remodeled. That, uh, that was uh, another pivotal moment of, okay, you know, we're really doing this. We're really doing it from, you know, from scratch at this point, you know, starting on a, on a Tuesday with one patient on the books and a, you know, one patient file. And, um, that was, I guess you could say an epiphany of saying, okay, you know, kind of that realization of this is, this is possible. Uh, we just have to keep doing what we think is right and and doing what's going to be the best for our future. Hmm. So I'll script for a quick second. Uh, it must have been when you're starting your practice now and, you, and you're at the very beginning, you have, uh, as you said, you know, one file, one patient on file. Uh, did, when it comes to, I guess, having two options, right? I'm sure there were more emotionally, but um, was there a more excitement than fear or more fear than excitement into the prospect of where you found yourself at that moment in time? By the time we actually opened, it was, you know, we had some, we definitely had some, some great help along the way at that point. It was a matter of weeks from um, finding out that the, the job no longer exists. I actually got on the phone with a, a previous chiropractor and, and friend of mine that um, was nearing retirement that was, that worked in town and he agreed to, to rent us some space in his office on the days that he wasn't working. Um, and he you know, was gracious enough to, to really get help us get started there. And um, that kind of transitioned pretty quickly from fear to excitement. You know, it's, it's meeting with um, meeting with banks, meeting with attorneys, meeting with people, creating a, creating a logo, creating a, um, you know, the, the business structure, all of those things that really started the excitement to sort of tamp the fear down in a lot of ways of, okay, we're starting something a little bit differently than we thought, but um, trusting that process and trusting that we were making the right decisions was, uh, 
it, it was difficult at times, but it, in the end, it was definitely more excitement, I would say. Hmm. As we transitioned into the very next segment, I consider that, that to be your journey. But as we transition to the very next section that I consider to be your niche, uh, I, I came across a pretty interesting quote. John Maxwell said the difference between success and significance is that success is when you add value to yourself. Significance is when you add value to others. And part of the reason that I bring this in is in talking about the value that you've added to others by what I consider to be the five P's of success or five P framework is what we consider or what we call it. And um, this is what I see to be your niche. It's made up of the first P, which is passions. What do you do that ignites you? The second is purposeful. What do you do that when you do it, you feel like I was made for this moment? The third one is patterns. That's what you do naturally well. Proficiencies is what you've learned to do well over time. And problem solving are those things that people come to you to solve in a unique way. Right. So if we go right back up to the top, <laughs> when we talk about passions, what, what what do you have in your times past that has been a passion that you still hold true to today? What I have, I would say, as the, the greatest passion um, that has been part of my life from the very beginning, I would say, is the outdoors. Um, although I don't work there every day, um, I spent a lot of time working there over the years. And being outside, um, being with my family outside is just um, really one of the things that has been true all the way through from, from early childhood until now. Okay. And you know, one thing that I admired about you and just to dovetail off of that point, when I was coming to you and you were helping me through the injury that I had, um, it was, it was the, the goals that we set from the very first meeting, right? You said, you know, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to run again and say, all right, we're going to work to that end. And, you know, everything from the Grashan technique, the Grashi technique. Grass and technique. Grass yep. and technique. Thank yep. you. The grass and technique to different uh, adjustments and then even gradually kind of weaning me off of uh, the the frequency that we found ourselves starting out with, right? I, I really appreciated that. But it really helped when talking about your passion to get outdoors. I almost feel like that almost it drives at least my experience. I'm not sure. I'm sure others can say the same. It drove my experience because it's as if you wanted to get me back to what life was before and maybe even better than, than where I was before I came to, to meet you. Um, do you think some of that is incorporated into your passions? Absolutely. And, it, you know, it's something that I can remember um, certainly back to the to the beginning of your case and that being one of the, you know, one of the main goals was to get back to where you were. But then I, one of the things I think you're ex exactly right and you um, may have noticed it more than a lot of people do where you say, you know, get back better than you were before. And, you know, whether or not the goal that somebody comes to me with is to necessarily be, you know, they may have not run in 25 years and all they want to do now is be able to walk. But if they can, if they can do that and get out and walk with their grandkids and pull them in a wagon or run or play basketball or whatever it is, they are, what I want them to do is be able to do that with a better understanding of what their body's doing, how to ask the brain for things, how to 
put the brain in it at a state of, of trusting their environment so that then they can move more freely and they don't have to think about it anymore. And, mm. and giving people tools to um, move better and move more, but more comfortably without having to wonder, is the next step going to hurt? You know, have it just all be automatic is really, um, whether they're outside or inside, I would certainly prefer it to be outside. And that's, you know, that's why I love, you know, all of my runners and everybody that says, I, I just need to get back out and, and do this and move is um, one of the things that I try to keep people doing all the time. Mm. Um, I want to build on that. I'm going to ask you another question right after I ask you this one about purposeful. What do you do that feels purposeful to you? One of the things that I do um, that feels purposeful is really um, giving people the ability to start doing things that they may have stopped or, you know, giving people the, the confidence to um, the confidence to try working out for the first time in a long time. The the you know, we're not. Yes, I am getting rid of some of the pain to a certain extent, but I'm really helping them get back whatever portion of life that is that they were missing. Um, and as far as doing that from a from a working perspective, that's really what um, really where the purpose comes in is trying to have people need what we're doing. Um, but then at the same time, just like you were saying before, is then start stepping that treatment back a little bit. Give people tools. Um, one of the one of my professors in chiropractic school had had explained it at one point to say, you know, you don't have to see people all the time to make a difference. You know, you can you you basically train your your people well enough to know that you're there for them when they need you. Train them to know when they need you, and you kind of um, he he put it in a way of saying. You're, you're going to eventually put patients in a pasture so big that they don't know that there's a fence, but they know when they get to that fence, then it's time to come back to you and, and have some type of help, whatever that help is. Mm. I love that. And that kind of really um, pivots right onto the question that I wanted to ask you before we got to Purposeful. But um, it, it, it's, it's so uh, fascinating to me how you started out with psychology, Right. And and, and and other forms of uh, of, you know, of the medical arts. And, and but when I met with you, I found that it was more than just an adjustment that was being made. You you were making you were and you kind of alluded to it. These these mind and body connections, you know, because it, it's so crazy when you get injured, especially when, you know, middle age like myself, when you get injured, then t- my entire life pain has been what you try to avoid so you do something that's painful you want to avoid it however when you get a certain injury depending on how traumatic it is you may have to experience pain in order to start healing right and um, I, I just find it so fascinating how although right now you may be manipulating things um, or not things but people with, with your hands to get them back in alignment there is still some of that psychology it seems to be at play no there certainly is, you know, there, there's really been, um, you know, I, I've been amazed many times how much I've kind of gone back to, uh, some of the skills that I learned in undergrad. I had, I had many fellow students that were, um, they were from all kinds of different backgrounds as far as, um, who ended up in my class for, for the chiropractic program. But it was a lot of, um, 
exercise physiology, exercise science, that kind of stuff. I had many, many, many um, former and current athletes. And, you know, I was one of the few, very few uh, previous psychology majors. And I, you know, I often wondered, you know, where is this going to take each of us as we go through? And, you know, those of us that have kept in touch, it's, it's really interesting to think um, where the conversations go. You know, the not having the as significant of an athletic background, but having more of a psychological background kind of, I feel like has certainly helped me to um, either ask different questions um, or understand what people might be asking me, even if they aren't saying it or might not even know it at that point. Um, so there's there's definitely um, quite a big psychology piece, even though I'm by no means a, a counselor or a psychologist or anything along those lines. It's the the mind-body connection that we're dealing with all every day and the, the energy transfer and the energy connection of people's daily lives really has to come into pain reduction. It has to come into... Um, mobility improvement. So many of those things are, you know, so many things that I give people has kind of those components to it of, okay, you need to physically move, but here's what to think about when you're doing that. Here's where to focus um, when you're moving, you know, either this body part or or moving it in this way that that you haven't in a long time. Hmm. Uh, What patterns do you have? What do you do naturally well? One of the things that I, I guess I would say that I do naturally well is I, I listen naturally well to people. And I, I feel like that's always been, um, that's always been kind of a trait to where, um, you know, some people maybe in my immediate family might, um, disagree with me on that one sometimes, but as far as a, as far as a clinical conversation is concerned, um, listening with a way of, um, listening without waiting for without giving the person the idea that you're waiting for them to stop talking so that you can start talking is, is one of the things that I I've found over the years um, that, you know, trying to listen and hear at the same time, because they, they really are two different things. Um, as we find out over the years is, you know, hearing is one thing, you know, the, the physiological act of hearing is one thing. And then the um, more, psychological act of listening is something completely different but when you can combine the two of them and then think about and formulate a response that's not just an not just an answer to the end question that that comes from walking into a room with with somebody and asking them you know something as simple as how are you today can lead in a lot of different directions and um getting kind of to the to the actual question and then saying okay well here's here's what I'm hearing um, you know usually not having to remind people that I'm um, I'm their chiropractor and not uh, not their psychologist but having a having kind of that dialogue with people of, of them being comfortable sharing whatever it is um, and then connecting that back to pain is really um, really one of the the big and best answers to that question I would say hmm Man, I love that. It actually reminds me, I remember taking, uh, you know, a health ethics class. And one of the, um, the stories they were talking about was just how uh, informed consent came about uh, back in the early 80s, where uh, it used to be that you can get doctors to make decisions for patients prior to informed consent. I, I'm sure I'm 
talking to the community. I'm sure you know this already. And so, um, and so the um, the physicians who are well skilled at what they do who could make a decision, an administrative, they call it administrative consent. Uh, well, they found that the outcomes tend to be poor with that, but informed consent came about when there was what's called fidelity between the patient and the um, the practitioner, and 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 both of them would disclose um, what they know about the situation that the patient is undergoing. And so, what I hear you saying when you talk about um, even um, listening, hearing, yes, as a physiological act function um, that's that's happening, but but actually listening to what someone is saying, I think it gives somebody an opportunity to be disarmed. Right. And and to be transparent by sharing, which in, in and of itself kind of leads to this fidelity of them sharing what actually is going on with them. Right. As opposed to just the, the defensive. Uh, yeah, I'm OK. You know, the, the, the machismo, you, you get you, you strip one of the machismo. <laughs> and I can handle it. It's not that big of a deal. They could barely walk, you know. <laughs> so so I appreciate you giving voice to that. Uh, what proficiencies do you have? What have you learned to do well over time? One of the things that I have, you know, and it's it's something that I certainly will work with for for a long time is um, is learning to, I guess, trust myself in the process, and you know, give give myself a little bit of credit from time to time. Um, as far as the, you know, the, the clinical aspect of it can be, can be daunting in the beginning and have, um, you know, dealing with, you don't know who you're going to deal with when you walk through the door. You know, you, you really have to, um, you know, I feel like a, the bedside manner that I have now came pretty naturally, but then the, the dealing with people who were, um, say there's somebody that's scared or say, you know, having people, um, we deal with people that are in a lot of pain and they, and they don't know why um, and they want to know why and explaining it in a way that calms them. And that sort of thing is, is something that has certainly taken some learning. Um, and then the, you know, pivoting to a different direction is, you know, learning how to run a business is something that was not, um, not really a, a direct goal from the, from the very beginning, even though I always knew I needed to, I needed to work for myself. That was something that we were, um, we were put into a little bit sooner than we were planning on. And that has been, um, that's definitely been a learning process. Absolutely. Billing, coding, <laughs> all of those sort of things has been, uh, has been, you know, the, the outside of the treatment room stuff has definitely been a learning process, but an exciting learning process to a certain extent. Mm. And I'm going to ask you this last question in the secret and not in the secret session, but in the niche section, um, that's, uh, to me, supremely obvious, but I want to get your take on it. What do people come to you to solve? What problems do you solve for people? The, you know, the, the most obvious one would be, um, Hey doc, my back hurts. Um, I threw my back out, whatever it is. I need this pain to go away. And, you know, that's probably the most common reason. And the, and the, you know, if you asked, uh, most people on the street, what would you go and see a chiropractor for? They would say, well, if my back hurts, that's when I'm going there. Um, and there's, there's a fair amount of that. Absolutely. Um, and that is, that is the, probably the most common problem that is, that is sought to be solved. Um, but getting further into why that problem is there, um, is, is something that people then, some of them are coming to me, um, with that knowledge already, if they had 
seen something like that before or had an experience like that before. Um, but figuring out what the actual issue is, where the pain's coming from, what we can do to change it and, and making a plan and then checking back in with that plan is something that I think I'm helping people to learn that not only I can help them with, but but chiropractors as a whole are more than just, um, you know, realigning your spine or, you know, as a lot of people would say as they come in, you know, I just see my back cracked. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get a little bit deeper than that. Let's, let's figure out what else is, what else is going on here. But, um, the, the problems from pain to, um, you know, bigger issues as far as where the pain's coming from, if people are willing to, to go there, um, those are certainly problems that I'd love to help people solve. Hmm. So that's what I consider to be uh, part two of three sections that I consider to be your niche. Now I want to get your secret. So this is now now you speaking to your younger self. Right. And so this is this is uh, the the expert that has just shared so many different nuggets of of wisdom. Uh, now you're going to speak to the person who is just entering in to 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 training into school and they're still trying to decide a person still trying to decide on which way to go what secrets would you share to get them from where they are at that moment in time to where you are today so we're going to go back um even a little bit further than the beginning of chiropractic school we're going to go back more to um i would say the beginning of undergrad and then we'll kind of jump forward to chiropractic school and it was Mm -hmm. you know the trust what you trust what you're feeling in your gut that you need to do trust what you're being called to do and um in in the case of undergraduate it was okay in the beginning of the psychology program it was i'm being called to to be a psychologist to to help people and to help them heal um more on a psychological and emotional level um and then towards the end of that program it was you know trust yourself again trust the trust the process that you've created and say um you know i don't although there is probably going to be a psychological component to what you're doing um chiropractic is the direction that you've always wanted to go in you know since you're 14 years old um go in that direction and trust it um and then once we get into chiropractic school and get through you know the the rigor of that intense program going from the you know seemingly what what seemed difficult at the time in undergrad and then is nothing compared to what the four years in chiropractic school is um combined with national boards is you know everything's going to be okay you you know know you know what you know and, you know i can remember from one of the, the very first psychology classes i ever took um with uh with a wonderful wonderful professor of mine and she would and she was talking about metacognition and you know the the ability to know what you know and have that and you know be confident in in what you're saying be confident in what you know and um having that in my head going through i think i could have done i probably would tell myself to you know enjoy the moment you know you don't know how good you have it right now as far as a student is concerned um you know a mile from the beach in florida so everything's going to be okay and, um, and enjoy, you know, enjoy the time, enjoy the breaks that you get, but, you know, keep studying. Nice. Nice. Uh, what secrets do you have for getting started and staying committed? As far as a, 
you know, basically from, I'll answer that kind of from a, um, you know, like a business and, and practice ownership, um, which could really be applied to a lot of different things is to really to stick with it and, you know, you know, set your goals, set achievable goals. Don't make them too big because they're very difficult to check back in on if they're, if they're too broad set, you know, set month, weekly, monthly, yearly goals, five year, 10 year, and, you know, write them on a, on a dry erase board because they're, they're certainly going to evolve. They're going to change. You don't, you don't know what they're going to be. Don't use a, don't use a permanent marker on the wall and really check back with them and say, okay, did I meet this one? And, you know, is this, does this one matter? If you didn't meet it, the first question you should ask is, do I still need to, you know, is, is this still relevant now where we are today versus two years ago or two weeks ago? Um, and then try to create a process and, and stick to that process as far as whether you're running your business, whether you're just figuring out, Hey, you know, I have this thing, I have this, this niche that I think that I could uh, turn into something myself or turn into something with my partners and, um, really keep a, keep an honest flow of what the goals are and where you want to get to. Hmm. How frequent, how frequently should one work on developing their niche? That is something that regardless, I would say regardless of what the niche is, that's something that has to be a, a daily, a daily task. I, I, I would certainly say it's not a daily chore because if you're, if you're really doing it, if it's really your thing, it's going to be a pleasure to get to develop some aspect of it, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's monetizing it, whether it's trying to find it, whether it's, um, you know, dealing with one thing or the other day on or day off. Um, once you really find it, there aren't really any days off to whether you're doing self-care, um, caring for others, um, figuring anything out, just kind of put it all towards the goal. Um, but I would say the short answer to that is by far every single day. Hmm. And last two questions that I have for you. If you were to give the niche finder community some must-haves to pursuing their niche and actually taking it from the you know, discovery of it to the delivery of their niche, what action items come to mind that you care to share? One of the biggest things that um, I would say I would share with everybody, you know, if you're if whatever the niche is and it's it's kind of a different answer to the different phases that you're in, but um, figure out what aspects of it you're good at and then really try to really try to perfect them. You know, admit what you're not good at and ask for help because you're not, you know, nobody's going to be the, the best at everything. You know, the um, you can be the you can be the best at whatever it is that you're making. If that's going to be your niche, if you're going to have a small business and, and really and create something and make it, but you might not be the best at, you know, figuring out how to, how to market it to somebody, you know, find, find an honest marketing person that can help you find a, you know, an, an honest billing person, you know, QuickBooks can be crazy. There's a whole lot of things that that program does that could take away from and, and be daunting and take away from what you're really doing. But, you know, be honest and ask for help and really try to try to keep developing it 
um, and checking back with your goals and saying, okay, here's what I know that I can do. Here's what's calling me and, um, you know, figure out the rest of it and, and have somebody help you with the things that you don't know what you're doing with. Hmm. And the last question that I have for you, how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? The, uh, you know, as far as a, as far as more of a global goal, I guess we'll say it would be, um, it would really be what phase you're at. Um, you know, we, as from what I can say from my, from my experience, we had, there was a couple times where, you know, as I've already described it, you know, that we really had to shift. I, you know, I shifted from what probably could have been my niche, which would be, which would be psychology. And I said, you know, I had this feeling in my heart that said, you know, I'm, I want to, I was born to help people heal. I was, I was born to, to help people. Um, but I need to change course because this isn't the right way. Um, if, if, you know, once I got to the point where I, you know, we were kind of running out of the, running out of the opportunities in the space that we were renting, um, needed to move on into our, our own building where we are now, which has been, um, which has been fantastic. You know, it was another, it was another feeling that I felt, um, you know, that it was a gut feeling or a or heart feeling really of, okay, this has to change. Don't deny it. Um, but figure it out one way or another. Don't give up on it. There's no, you know, there's no giving up on, on knowing what you need to do. It's more of a, you know, there's a infinite ways to pivot. You can always, you can move somewhere, find something different as far as going in a different direction. Um, but I would say staying the course is, is wonderful as long as there's still a course there that's going to take you in the direction. And that's really what goes back to that, um, that whiteboard of goals or the, the dry erase board of goals of saying, okay, the goal before was X and now that's not an option anymore. We don't erase the whole thing. We just say, okay, what's the other side of this equation? Where, where are we going to go with this? How do we change it to continue benefiting the community that we're trying to continue to benefit and then make a new set, make a new, um, you know, it's kind of like pivot and then continue uh, which I, I had seen a lot of times with mentors of mine coming through life. And um, it's something that's kind of always stuck with me is don't don't give up on it. You might be changing everything and you probably won't recognize it after a while, but it's still the feeling that you have in your gut. Trust it as long as it's not just, you know, low blood sugar, like really trust it. <laughs> Eat something and then make the decision. <laughs> Drink some oranges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring the blood, blood sugar up. Then decide what you're going to do. <laughs> Love it. All right. So if someone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way, um, one of the ways would be on our on our website is PoconosChiropractor.com. Um, we are on Facebook, Wyckoff Chiropractic and Wellness. Um, and we are in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, we're open daily, accepting new patients. Um, we love to help people. And any of those, you can get us on a contact form. Um, our phone number, everything is listed right on our website. That's really the, the best way to get in touch with us, our new patient paperwork. Um, some videos on there of some of the things that we do and some, some introductory things as far as 
you know, getting people into chiropractic, getting people into manual therapy, that sort of thing. Mm. And for the Nishwana community, um, if you're listening for the first time, if you want to find out more about what we have um, going on uh, here with Dream Octane and this whole movement that we feel is starting to pick up momentum, you can go on to launchmyniche.org. Again, that's launchmyniche.org. If you are a coach, consultant, or counselor and you're looking to avoid the three biggest mistakes that many of them make when trying to move online, uh, don't hesitate to go on there. You'll get what those three biggest mistakes are and also uh, three helpful tools to help that not become a part of your journey. And so, look, we're so privileged to have the uh, the one and only <laughs> Dr. Clace Wyckoff being part of our program today. And um, we appreciate you sharing so many nuggets of wisdom, Doc. Thank you so much for being a part of the program today. <laughs> are you almost understand? <laughs> we are almost done. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has really been a pleasure. All right. Thank you so I much. I hope we get to do this again. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and to the Nishmana community, uh, that's my daughter who just jumped into the mic here. <laughs> but uh, we look forward to having the very next guest on who can help you on your journey towards success. Thanks again for tuning in.